igniting original concepts. You felt like you were really making a difference. Really. Why wouldn't you do that? The biggest challenge that you have is not to... You're going to have disruptions all the time. If you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galil Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Do you have plans in January? Because we do, and you're invited. Forrest is hosting its 8th Annual Salon Owners Summit on January 7th and 8th, 2024 in Dublin, Ireland. The two-day event will bring together some of the biggest names in the salon industry to discuss the latest trends, challenges, and opportunities facing salon owners today. Now, if you've secured your tickets already, then you know that one of only 22 beauty professionals in history inducted into the North American Hairstylist Awards coveted Hall of Leaders will be presenting on Sunday, January 8th. And that industry expert, speaker, outstanding example and mentor is, well, you guessed it, Gino Stampora, who I'm pleased to catch up with on Forest FM once more today for a conversation around leadership and beauty beyond boundary, the topic of his upcoming Dublin keynote. Gino Stampora and his work have been featured in almost every salon and spa trade magazine out there. He's considered a business guru who's made a major contribution to the beauty industry in many ways. He's owned, managed, and worked behind the chair in his collection of salons. He's owned two beauty academies where he also instructed. He's been a distributor and sales consultant to salons, a major platform artist, and has shared the stage with the world's greatest artists. He's also the author of Success Dynamics, a beauty academy textbook, and has created many of the best-selling CDs and downloads in the industry. As an industry expert and speaker, Gino has consulted with many manufacturers, has educated industry artists and salespeople all over the world, and has coached winning teams in beauty. He has and continues to be a keynote speaker, contributing artist, and consultant to the industry. Gino, my friend, thank you so much for coming on to Forest FM today. I'm always so appreciative of our conversations, your time, and perspective on things. Well, thank you so much for having me, and the feeling is mutual, Zoe. Uh, it's always a pleasure on my end, too. You are uh, a, a great uh, purveyor of getting people to give information, even that they didn't want to give. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing now. <laughs> You've got that magic touch. No, no doubt. Right. Well, I hope I don't have you give away too much of what you don't want to share today. Um, because once again, we're catching up ahead of your keynote, Beauty Beyond Boundary, which you'll be presenting at the Salon Owners Summit 2024 this coming January. You know, we missed you at the 2023 event, um, but I'm really looking forward to catching up in person um, in Jan and sharing the stage with you this time. It's going to be a blast. I agree. I feel the same. I think I sent you a note saying the same. Thing that uh, that I was honored to have that opportunity. I can't wait to get there. Uh, I've been looking so forward to making a contribution to Forest. Um, uh, I just think you guys are wonderful. You do a great job. Uh, you're really deep into it, and uh, it's an honor to have an opportunity to make a contribution. I can't wait to meet everybody and see everybody. And you know, when you said, uh, uh, "I hope you don't give uh, uh, anything you don't want to give," uh, I've always been one that that uh, our industry is all about learning and growing. Mm -hmm. And I think when uh, when you learn that it's important to share with everybody, it, it, uh, it really makes a difference. And uh, any little, uh, sometimes you think tidbit of nothing becomes the answer. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't strike me as the kind of person who, even when you did own your salon, for instance, like you don't strike me as the kind of person who would have seen other local businesses as like hard competition. Like you strike me as the kind of person who sees like community and like let's help each other grow and elevate, you know, like rather than like I'm going to protect all the information that I have and like. Yeah, that's been kind of a game, kind of a cycle that people get wrapped into Mm -hmm. where where they feel like uh, I'm going to keep this all to myself. And uh, there was a very interesting uh, concept in theory, I believe, by Walt Disney, where he talked about uh, the greatest way an artist can learn is to dump and dump everything, you know, so that you make room, you know, for new stuff to come in. But I've always kind of felt that way. I I think as humans, you know, uh, we're here to help each other be the best humans we possibly can be. And I think in business, if I can constantly focus on competing with myself and not even competing, but just how can I be the best at what I do? How can I provide the best service? You know, how can I just keep looking for Mm. what's best way to answer this? What's the best way to do this? I think that makes a tremendous difference. Plus, I think you, you, you work with and live with a lighter heart. You know, yeah. you're, you're not really wanting to shoot somebody down, you know? Truly, truly. Yeah. 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 So listen, we were talking about this off air a little while ago, um, but many years ago, you gave a presentation on how Starbucks took the coffee shop slash catch up and converse function away from hair and beauty salons. Yeah. You talked about how Starbucks essentially became a place to gather, chat, and socialize. So do you remember that presentation well enough to share some of its insights or key takeaways? And do you think those insights are still relevant today? Um, well, yes, yes, and no. Uh, <laughs> I remember it pretty well. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember it exactly. And as I've gotten older, I find it harder and harder to remember anything. <laughs> However, I, I think... We have to begin with me kind of prefacing that uh, I'm a little different when it comes to the beauty industry. Uh, I see a beauty salon as a sanctuary. Uh, it's uh, it's sacred mm. ground to me. A two-chair salon, a 20-chair salon, a 50-chair salon. I'm most proud of being a hairdresser. I don't think there's anybody out there in the world that provides not only the service, but the, the, the information, the knowledge, the love, the caring, the compassion, the understanding that we do, you know, mm-hmm. I just, there's something so incredibly unique about our industry and about our understanding and about, uh, uh, love all serve all, you know? Uh, so I see it in a, in a very different way. And I did get, a bit offended when I saw that uh, people used to come to the salon to find out what was happening in the community and what was going on. And then all of a sudden, up, up along comes this Starbucks. And it wasn't just that. It was a little bit of a different time. Mm. You know, uh, uh, things were shifting and changing and people were looking maybe for a little something different. And I think everybody when when we do what we do every day, all day long, it's very easy to get stale. And we may have been getting a little stale and taking a little bit uh, a little bit too much for granted. But uh, um, I don't know that I would say that it still stands today, Zoe, because I think that 
we really live in a very different world. And I think yeah. our world today, it's really based on the fact that how quickly does a new chip come out now? Every 31 days or so? So that means that technology is about 15 times faster than your mind can even follow. So if you think you've got a pulse on what's happening in the world today, you really have to go talk to a 10 or 11 or 12 year old and say, am I right? You know, am I really seeing things as they are? And then you have to decipher how a 12 year old sees things, not, not having that, that experience, you know? But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, you know, this lawn or spa now feels more like a, an escape from the day-to-day stress and demands from life, work, all that kind of stuff, where we, you know, walk in for a treatment, we shut the phone off for a while, enjoy a good, relaxing, pampering time, and then we go right. on with our days. Right. Um, would you right. agree to, like, to what extent? Yeah? Yeah, I would definitely. And I think we've also gotten, I think that there's a fine line with professionalism. The more professional you get and the more you understand productivity and the more you understand what it takes to do what you do, Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like uh, I preach now, uh, if you're going to talk to your client, talk about beauty, have it be all beauty related, have Mm -hmm. it be beauty and all about love and all about you know honor and 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 keep things on on an uptone so um no i think it, it has it's changed that much that uh that it's okay we we kind of established and found a new place to be what do you think that place is what do you think the function of a salon in society has become or evolved into beyond making people look good and feel great i think for me that aren't uh, artistic, creative, or don't have that outlet or that opportunity, we're probably the most artistic, creative place that uh, a customer could come to. Uh, it, it's where they get to see us collaborating on what colors to use and, and how to change someone. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of things we can do to not only uphold the standard, but kind of move us to a point where we are uniquely different and, and at the same time providing value in that service, a lot of the value comes from the fact that I can become your confidant, uh, that you and I mm-hmm. can talk where you don't have to worry about, this is never going to go anywhere. You know, it's just kind of a, so I can kind of be your psychiatrist without getting paid for it. But also, <laughs> I can give you the self-worth and, and self-esteem and, and that self-confidence of knowing you look your best. I, I can add that to you. So I think we what we've done is we've kind of replaced that old sense with a whole new sense of who we are and what we can do and what we can provide. And I think it's actually better because I think people see us in a different light now. People see beauty professionals as as uh, someone who matters and someone who's important and someone that mm-hmm. they can't live without. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think that's kind of nice. It's, it, it, it fell into a better place than it was. You know, and I, and I also think that uh, that that kind of stigma around us. And I actually just had this conversation at a, at a big conference here in the states in uh, in uh, Chicago, and somebody asked me, "Do I think it's changed?" I said, "I know it's changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's beauty school students that know they're going to get out of school and make sixty, seventy thousand to start. Mm-hmm. That's better than a lawyer, you know." <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> certainly the money is there. And if you're in the right place and you carry yourself well and you dress nice and you take care, uh, there's a lot of prestige to 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 be in what we are and, and doing what we do. So I think that's moving forward in a in a very positive way, a very positive note. And I think a lot of parents in these days might say to their kids, you know, oh wow, good idea. You know, let's give it a yeah. shot. And you know, the simplest things sometimes I say to people, I just posted something on Instagram where I said, ah, the the, the beauty salon, you know, where else can you listen to your own music, dress the way you want to dress, act like you want to act, be who you want to be, uh, provide a great service and make a lot of money and love doing it and get to have coffee mm. with your clients and get to work on great people and get to feel cool and be cool and listen to cool music and, and work on cool clients and get paid. And then maybe even some of you get tipped. You know, where do yeah. you ever find anything like that, right? Truly. It, it, it is really something special. I, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you'd consider to be the benchmarks of, say, a good salon versus a great salon. I like that. Uh, that it's a good thought. I, I think a good salon, which, you know, sometimes it's difficult to explain. It's not hard to do good in beauty. It's really not hard. I mean, I'm not a great hairdresser, and I never had difficulty making money. I'm a terrible colorist, and I made a lot of money doing color. Uh, I think talent in our industry is very overrated. If you're talented, I think it's wonderful. Mm. But you don't have to be talented to be financially successful or to have a big book or a full, full clientele. So I think what makes what a good salon does is uh, it provides a place for people to come and get a service uh, and pay for it at, at a good value. I think what a great salon does is uh, they provide a place for a client or a guest to come to that's unlike any other, where they can unleash their their inner thoughts in regard to uh, uh, how cool could I look? You know, what is it I want to do? Um, um, give me the faith, confidence, and belief to try this, to try a highlighting, to try a balayage, to try something Mm. And I think a great salon not only provides employment, uh, they also provide an opportunity for the community to see that uh, we can give a lot back to the community. And we do. And I know we always did it yeah. in my company. So I think there, there's a fine line there. But that's what separates, I think, a, a good salon from a great salon, not to mention that a great salon uh, my, my, I felt my job always was that that I would tell my staff the biggest part of what I d should do is to build business in this salon, but also to create an environment where I can bring out the very best in my in my coworkers, my employees. You know what I mean? Even the same for the customers. How do you create an environment that allows people to feel safe and trusted and and needed and wanted and that they have value and that they contribute and that they could be a part. I think those are the things you have to do in order to get and keep a great clientele, but also in order to get and keep a great staff, which seems to be such an issue today. I mean, I have people calling me all the time and saying, you know, I can't work with these young people. And I'm like, stop, you know, why, why do you make this differentiation between young people and old people. Listen, people are still people. We're, we're all people. And we've always been people. We've been people for six and a half thousand years. We're going <laughs> to keep on being people. Not a whole lot. 
maybe we've become more bold and we can maybe we want to live up to that dream of what we really want to be but the fact of the matter is all we really want is i i want a decent wage so i can live okay i want Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that I am who I am and that's who I am. And I don't want them to hurt me and, and I'm not out to hurt them. And, and let's just live, you know? And and, yeah. and I think uh, I think that a great salon understands that. Mm. I have a good friend that says all the time, the biggest problem with people in our industry is they let good get in the way of great. You got to be careful that you don't let good get in the way of great. You got to be careful that just because you're good, the hardest thing to do once you're doing well is to push to do better. It's so easy to say, well, okay, we, we're here. We've made it. We, we're doing okay. You know, How do we go any further? Uh, what would be the concrete steps to move from good to great? I think, first of all, to have a truly trusting environment, mm. to, to have a, a philosophy where people see that not only this is a place where you can live up to who you are. This is a place where we're going to show you who you are, even if you don't know. And, and we're going to we're going to help to bring the best out in you. I think we shared last time. I get asked all the time about you know uh, being an educator that's received so many awards and so many compliments and stuff. And they'll always ask me why, and I'll always say it. It's simply because I look at every person and 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 ask myself, how can I connect? deeply with them? How can we become more than just friends? How can I let them see that I want to be an integral part of of who they are and, and what they do and what they become? And the fact that I see the greatness within you, within mm. people. And I I think you, to, to have a great salon, you have to see the greatness in your staff. You have to see the greatness in your clients. And you have to treat them with that greatness. And, and hopefully, does it come along every time? No, you know, uh, some, some people will just never get it. I mean, uh, I, ha- I have a sister that I used to say all the time, you're going to have to settle for an ordinary mundane life because you just don't want to grow. You don't want to push yourself. And, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to grow and push and, and, uh, and live outside that comfort zone. But um, that's where all the excitement is, you know, <laughs> that's where all the fun and the passion. Yeah. Yeah. So those are a few things. I think some other concrete stuff, certainly, uh, and it's not something I'm great at, but uh, you have to have a sound business mind today. Mm. Uh, The cost of doing business is too much today to have anybody making a mistake. So you can't have the accountant that you used to have, like uh, your mom's friend. So she's going to do your taxes for you. Today, you need an accountant that really understands our business. And how will they put uh, every little penny to work for us, you know, mm. the best? So I think you need a strong business mind. I think today it, it's it's imperative to be more than community involved, but a great salon gives back. So you have that one day a week where you're going to cut the homeless, one day a month where you're going to help the the uh, the shelters and, you know, the, 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 the help those people get to where they're going. So what qualities do you think are now, as in like today, inherently associated with great salons or spas versus good ones? Love of our Mm. country. 
a love for what you do, not just a liking for what you do. There's a big difference. Uh, some people say, yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm so far beyond that. I, I love us. I love everything about us. I love cutting hair. I love working on a guest. I love having a 13-year-old girl who, who isn't happy with herself. When we're through performing our magic, she's in love with herself. You know, I love mm -hmm. to have that, that opportunity. So I think first love, you know, there's got to be a lot of love there. You got to love who you are and what you're doing, who you're doing it for and who you're doing it on. Respect. Having a, a, a level of respect for your coworker, a level of respect for your client. I've always felt that if you respected your client enough, you would clean the bathroom before they got there to make sure that they would feel comfortable even behind closed doors. Uh, if you had enough respect for each other, you'd make sure that that the person who messed up the break room cleans the break room. You know, that stuff just automatically happens. So I think number one is love. Number two is respect. And number three is just having a business sense. Mm. Uh, everybody needs to be productive, Zoe. Uh, nobody should mistake activity for productivity and be tired thinking they had a great day when the reality is they didn't even earn enough money. You know, we all have to pull our own weight today. You know, they're, yeah. they're, we don't have room to let somebody slide by. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't have that, that uh, uh, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't have that luxury today, you know? Yeah, So agreed. Yeah. Well, listen, Gino, I know you wanted to talk about leadership in this conversation. So I want to make sure that we touch upon that. And I wanted to bring it up in a way that maybe was a little different to any other way that I've brought up leadership in previous oh, Forced God. FM episodes, uh, meaning through the lens of movies, uh, both yours and my yeah. favorites, uh, the ones that inspire and move us, you know, the ones that you just feel like you could rewatch a thousand times and they never get old because their message never gets old. Um, for some reason, all of mine have to do with sports. <laughs> Gridiron Gang would be the first one, you know, highlighting the importance of building a sense of community and belonging within a team. Coach Carter, setting high standards and expectations for people, holding them accountable, pushing them to reach their full potential. I think it, like in the movie, I think the coach had like locked the gym for, was it like a week um, to get the grades back up or something? Um, and then Friday Night Lights, you know, effective communication, trust. Um, all those elements needed to create a cohesive and motivated team. I think all of those things together, you know, like the, the sense of community, belonging, high standards, accountability, effective communication, all those things, you know, contribute to what makes great leadership, in my opinion, anyways. So I'm curious to hear about your top movies with leadership lessons that you would want to bring into this conversation. Well, uh, kudos to you because, uh, Sports movies, uh, they do so much for us. Mm. And to 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 always, it's always a great feeling in our hearts to see the underdog win. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's and it's always nice to see the, that a, that a great strong leader. Uh, they not only bring out the best in everyone, but but I think when you're talking like about a coach Carter, he proved that if a team can can have have love and respect like we talked about for each other, that they can do in, incredible things. I don't know if you're aware of this statistic. A lot of people don't know, but do you know Michael Jordan? When Michael Jordan was on the basketball court, every other player's numbers were better. What? 
that that's what he did. He brought out the best in everyone. So you would have to play up to Michael Jordan because you knew he was that good. Mm. There's also a great concept about when uh, Muhammad Ali was fighting George Foreman. Uh, Muhammad Ali was, George Foreman was younger uh, he was stronger, and you know he he was known for his knockout punch, and and Ali had a strategy, and the strategy was tire him out, mm. just let him hit me and hit me and run around and hit me and run around and tire him out, and then get to the point of winning. Um, I love movies. I think there's it's a great way to teach us. I go to every movie thinking it's a great movie, but what is my lesson? You know, yeah. and. I'm a stickler for, uh, I mean, I had five sisters and no brothers, so I love what they call chick flicks. I, <laughs> I love those two, to be fair. <laughs> I like, I, I've probably watched The Wedding Date almost as much as The Godfather. <laughs> I mean, I've seen that much. But I love that movie because it, it, it feels so good and I kind of want to cry and I'm like, oh God, there, there can be true love. There can be love at first sight. People can have a good life and have a good time. But that was funny when you and I were talking about it. Probably my number one movie, and I think it's the most important movie for everyone to have, for me, is Young Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, I love Mel Brooks. Uh, I love the fact that Mel Brooks, whenever he made a movie, there was always Gene Wilder. There was always uh, Cloris Leachman. He had his people, uh, Madeline Kahn, mm -hmm. that he worked that were uniquely special. Uh, but I think you need a young Frankenstein. You need a movie that certain nights when you get home, you're going to pour a glass of wine or a shot of, of whiskey, and, and you're going to sit down and watch this movie and forget about everything in life. Just start over again. Like It's almost like rebooting your, your uh, computer. You're going to reboot your brain through through Young Frankenstein. So you're going to laugh. It's going to be stupid. You're going to go to bed. You're going to think of funny things about it and laugh about that. So I think everybody needs a movie to take them away from life. Hmm. I think some we just have to, life is so fast right now. Just sometimes I need things to help me slow it down, Yeah, you know, and get real again. Um, probably my most moving, uh, movie in, in lessons was Shawshank Redemption. And, you know, when Morgan just looks at him and says, listen, you either got to get busy living or get busy dying. You know, you're either you're either living to die or you're dying to live. And I thought, wow, how interesting that 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 some people really do coast through life. So we mm. but some people, people like us, we strive to 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 make a difference, to be the best that we can be, to do what we can do. And, and I think that movie proves it over and over again. And then in the end, the movie shows you that <clears throat> the warden eventually got his. And man, you learned, you learned how to hate him so well that you couldn't wait to see that he was actually going to end it all because he knew that yeah. the, the world had come to, I think that was one. Of course, being Italian, my third movie would be the Godfather. And, uh, uh, I've probably seen the trilogy, I don't know, many, many times, uh, kind of like you're talking about. Usually, if I like a movie that much, uh, I own all the movies I've talked about. I have them on DVD. Right. So I watch them on DVD all the time. And uh, I'll have certain days where if it's a cloudy kind of rainy day, I'm like, okay, it's going to be Shawshank Redemption, and then we're going to take a break, have a cookie, and then we'll watch The Wedding Day <laughs> and Into the Godfather, you know. But 
think too, if if you can develop the mindset where this movie will teach me something, there's something to learn. In The Godfather, uh, uh, Vito Corleone says, uh, we're going to make him an offer that he can't refuse. And I think sometimes if we looked at just that concept before we made an offer, what is an offer that the next person couldn't refuse? How could you make an offer to your client? that they couldn't refuse. Like, how, how, how? what if you said to a client, I believe in, Zoe, I believe in lifetime customers. I believe in long-term relationships. I want to keep you forever. Uh, please, if anything should happen here at the salon, let me know before you leave because I need to know that you and I are connected. I believe in lifetime relationships. I believe in long-term clients and I really want you to be one. If we learned how to communicate uh, in, in, in that level of, uh, Vito Corleone. I make mm. him an offer and refuse. And that's it. He doesn't have to say any more. It just covers everything, kind of gets right out there. I think a lot of people don't realize it takes a lot of work to communicate effectively. You know, and I hope I'm not uh, I'm not going beyond. I'm not giving you a chance to talk, but but bear with me for a minute. Um, I think a lot of people think they're good communicators because they can talk. Yeah. And it's sometimes it has everything to do with listening. And sometimes it has everything to do with paying attention to what are the best words to use. When when you were talking earlier about, now in Shawshank, Morgan Freeman was a leader. Uh, in Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein became the leader. In in The Godfather, Vito Corleone, he was the man. He was he was the leader. Yes, people were afraid of him, but beyond that, that they loved the fact that he knew what to say. He did it right. He paid attention. He, he, you know, he, he didn't want to get into things like drugs and things like that. He wanted to, he wanted to be illegal nicely. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I think a good leader doesn't realize you can't look at, at, at three people, at 10 people, at 20 people and give them all the same speech. Mm. I mean, you, you, you can give a football team a boom, let's get out there and make it happen. But a good leader would then go individually to each one. A Ted Lasso. A Ted Lasso would go to each one and get to them in uh, on their level, on their way. So I, yeah. think, I think one of the greatest qualities of a good leader today is to, to see people for who they are and then speak to them in their realm, in, 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 in words that they can understand. You follow? Yeah, and, yeah. And learning to adapt how you communicate. Big time. Yeah, definitely. And it and it's hard. And it's really, really hard. Like even just, you know, getting to the point where like you are actually a good communicator to begin with. And then like learning to adapt that communication to how people, you know, receive information, how like by what they're motivated, all that kind of stuff. I like it's not it's not I don't think it's ever going to be easy, but it is, I think, what will make a difference in, in leadership. I think you're right on. And I think that you, uh, like we've talked about from the first time we had a conversation on the phone, um, uh, you're an old soul. So you've, <laughs> you've got some, old souls have wisdom they don't even know they have. Old souls sometimes say something and then say to themselves, holy shit, that was pretty <laughs> Where did that come from? Kind of a thing. But I, I, 
today's world, post-COVID, the last five years, holy mackerel. Uh, there are actually now a large portion of humans that don't want to communicate with you. They don't want to talk to you. They'd rather mm-hmm. talk on the phone. You know, they're not even uh, uh, they're not even on that same plane. So um, I I believe it's harder than it's ever been before to really communicate effectively and to get people to understand that that it's okay to dream. Uh, you know, as long as you'll fight for it, that that dream can come true. Uh, I think a lot of people. Uh, COVID's done a lot of bad things mentally. Mm-hmm. It really has. It's done a it's done a lot of things that a lot of people, a lot of businesses uh, overlook. Getting back to the start of where we were, communication takes more knowledge, more concentration than ever before to make sure that you're actually connecting, making a difference, being heard. Yeah, and I think I think to add to that, I think you know when you said like I think a lot of people think they're good communicators. I, I definitely agree with that. And I would even add, I think a lot of people are really bad listeners. Oh, they are? I feel like if we were better at listening, it would be easier then to communicate and communicate more directly and, and just like have a better understanding because I can't remember the, on what podcast it was. I think it might have been The Knowledge Project. It's a podcast by Shane Parrish. It was one of the only podcasts that I've really, really like stuck to over the over the years. Um, he always has like really interesting people on. And there was this one conversation where this woman was explaining, I think the, the, the podcast was titled The Art of Listening or The Art of Effective Listening or something like that. And she was saying how, you know, we should be treating communicating with one another as you would play a game of catch, right? Like If I'm throwing you the ball, I'm not going to throw it to make it impossible for you to catch. I'm going to throw it in, you know, around the range of like where you can actually catch it. And then you're going to do the same because like we're having an exchange and that's like the fun part. It's playing catch, not playing like, let's see how like impossible I can make it for you to catch this thing. Right. It's the same with communication because if you if you don't spend the time listening, then how can you ever respond? You're only reacting. You're only and you're only half hearing what's happening. You're right. And so, like, you're just you're not really understanding what's happening. Absolutely. You know, they say that Dale Carnegie says that the reason that you forget someone's name when you meet them is because you're too busy thinking about what you're going to say next. Yeah. Instead of opening, and and I kind of feel like you know what, if it's meant to be, I'm going to open myself up to them, and I'm going to listen 100. percent And if I say something that wasn't uh, enough, then it maybe wasn't meant to be. You you know. Mm. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, uh, I I used to say to my friends all the time when they were looking for dates and and relationships and stuff, I would always say be weary of and be careful of people that are so full of themselves because the fuller they are of themselves the less room there is for you to get in there and mm-hmm. it might be it might be too much of a fight to try to get in and i try to surround myself with people that kind of see things in life and communication and understanding like i do that they they want to give people time and give people space and there is no judgment you know uh, like ted lasso you know be curious <laughs> not judgment 
I mean, I just, I, I thought there was a lesson in every episode of that show. Uh, the idea of communication, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the more you're going to concentrate on you, the less you're going to be able to concentrate on them. And mm. true communication is that, that you want the other person to think that whatever it is they have to say is the most important thing you're going to hear right now, mm. you know? And if you do that well, they actually instantly like you uh, because you're, you're giving them full attention. You're, you're really paying attention, you know? And uh, I used to say to a lot of my friends when they were raising their kids, you don't have to scream at your kids and you don't have to talk to them in the kitchen. The kitchen is your room, you know? Take them to their bedrooms where, where they feel most comfortable and talk to them there and talk to them more about what they could be and what they could do. And I used to have conversations with my kids all the time and just saying to them, the most important thing you can do is do well in school. I'll take care of the rest. Just get great grades. That's all you have to do. Get great grades. I'll take care of everything else. I think sometimes when we communicate clearly, when you're talking about a great leader doesn't wait to be hurt by a person not living up to their expectations. A mm. great leader starts out telling you just exactly what they expect, which is what I tried to do. And then I would hope that you would exceed my expectations, Right. that, that you, would, you would go above and beyond that. And I think a lot of people don't realize, I am always reading a great book on communication, always. What's uh, the last one you read? Uh, I'm reading right now, The Art of Creative Rebellion. Okay. I love it. It's, uh, it's kind of a a little bit out of my realm. It's a little more today than I am, you know? Okay. So I'm trying to kind of move into it, but uh, but I love it. It's really given me a... I love when a, when a book or a movie or a song uh, can give me a little bit, a, a new insight, you know, a different way to look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's so important. And I think that a lot of us in beauty, I mean, today... When you look at what we have beauty-wise, you know, 60 years ago, nobody kind of talked about or helped each other. We were just much more innovative and creative on our own. Now it's really easy to look at, oh, look what they're doing. Let's do that, and and then let's let's try to plus that or let's take that a step further. Uh, but to make a long story boring, I have to tell you, I— uh, I cannot wait to have an opportunity to see everybody at Forest in January. Um, I'm so proud and happy that that we are going to be sharing the stage along with a lot of other really great Absolutely. people. <laughs> a lot of your friends, too. Uh, isn't um, Nina Tulio one of your good friends oh, as well? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's one. Yeah. She's going to make a great contribution. I'm sure everybody will. Uh, but I think that... Uh, that's one of the coolest things about Forrest, uh, about you guys, about what you do, about what's got me so uh, intrigued by Forrest is that I think they see through the fog. I think you guys see and understand the the circle, uh, the circle of friends, the the circle of understanding, you know, uh, uh, the circle of looking at w what are some of the tools we can bring to our two chair, three chair, 50 chair salons to help them be more effective, more productive, more profitable. I've, I've never felt that profit is the answer. I've always felt that that uh, money is an elusive butterfly. And if you chase it, you'll never get it. Uh, mm. Learn how to be a master at what you do. You learn how to be great at what you do. The money will always follow. Uh, 
And, and I've always had a thing about, you know, uh, I would say to my staff all the time, one customer at a time. That's how it's done. One guest at a time. Make that guest feel wonderful. M- make their in their mind that you are irreplaceable. And if that happens, you'll win. And they'll buy product, and they'll reschedule, and they'll pay attention. And I think that that Forrest does that so well. That uh, uh, good leadership, uh, good understanding, a good sharing of knowledge, uh, a good providing. Uh, some of the tools and some of the answers to some of the salons that that haven't quite caught on yet what it takes to be great at what they do. And and for me, it, it's sort of like, I can't understand how a salon could ever go out of business. Mm. I mean, you got to work to go out of business. You got to work hard at that. Because if you're just nice, people will keep you afloat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, so it's, oh my goodness. How bad are they? You know, what are they doing wrong? So I'm going to leave the last minute up to you. Any thoughts, questions, ideas, anything I should elaborate on? You tell me. Okay. Let's say you had to speak to the undecided folks who are on the fence about buying a ticket to come to the summit. What would you say to them? Oh my goodness. I'm probably going to sound like I'm, uh, I'm stretching the truth here a bit, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been more excited about attending a conference than I am about this one. And I've attended hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conferences. Um, secondly, I'm partial to Ireland. And to have <laughs> yeah, that's true. You are. <laughs> to see the uh, the heart and the beauty and the creativity of Ireland, uh, even in January, to see the green fields and, and the people and the, and the love and respect and, and all that stuff. Uh, and and not have to pay for it because this is a tax deductible business trip for the Americans. My God, that would be the main reason why I'd be going. But also, uh, the camaraderie of uh, great minds sharing ideas together is irreplaceable. You know, mm. uh, I, I I would say a lot of times to to my staff and my coworkers, uh, you need to go to a hair show occasionally so that you can see who we are. Uh, and you can, we can learn from each other, and yeah. and we, we, you know, we can have that that abundant mentality for a while, have a lot of fun, laugh at what we do, you know. Yeah. Um, so I would say to anybody that's, uh, uh, if you're if you're on the fence, you're thinking too much. Just buy the damn ticket, be in in Dublin in January. And I promise I'll make it worth your while. (laughs) Well, you know what? Every time I attend the summit or any other industry conference for that matter, I feel like I feel like I hit a big green reset button. I feel so energized, motivated to get back to work. It's like I'm reminded why I do what I do. And I feel all of a sudden like so realigned with everything, confident, connected, you know? It validates us and it makes us uh, aware that uh, what we do is special and important. And as much as we know that, uh, sometimes it, it, it slips away. You know, it, it's like people say to me sometimes, well, inspiration. I say, you have to understand that that when you, when you lift weights, you don't lift weights once a month and expect them to work. You know, you lift weights three times a week, and, and that's how they work. It's the same thing with inspiration and motivation. You, you don't get inspired and expect it to last forever. You get inspired, and, and the minute you're inspired, you seek new inspiration. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's how you kind of keep it alive and how you, you know, it's almost like what we opened the, this this podcast talking about uh, movies and 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 one of one of the great things that, that movies does is it shows you that uh, 
Uh, it reminds me of an old saying, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. I think you go to a show or a seminar and you see the hope of people like us that, that love who we are and love what we do. And uh, that creates the power. Mm. You know, you home and you're like, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to be different. I'm going to think better. I'm going to learn how to stay focused more, you know, just push all those things out. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say that one again. So I remember it. If there's hope for the future, there's power in the present. Exactly. I love that. I think we should end it on that. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for spending this amazing last 50, 50 odd minutes with me, Gino. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Had no doubt about it. Um, But yeah, as usual, very inspiring again. So much. Uh, and by the same token, it's always a pleasure. I actually wish that we could do the podcast together every month because I get as much out of you too. Uh, uh, that's really- so well, maybe maybe we just need to schedule a, call, a monthly call with there each you- other, you know? As long as I don't need to get my laptop to make my... Oh, no. I mean, just like, you know, a regular phone call. Maybe we just need to like check in with each other. <laughs> I want to say peace love, and happiness to everybody that's out there listening. Thank you for your time. I'll look forward to seeing you in January in Dublin. Zoe and I'll be there ready to roll. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And thank you once again, Gino. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. My pleasure. See you soon. Listen, you've heard it from Gino himself. The Salon Owners Summit is the perfect way to kickstart the year ahead. With up to 600 salon owners and professionals traveling worldwide for inspiration, growth, and networking, the Salon Owners Summit is the leading event for those looking to invest in education and meet with industry experts and leaders. Not only that, but the 2024 edition is going to be something special because Forrest is celebrating its 20th birthday this year, and we intend to throw a party worthy of the occasion. How have you been to the Salon Owners Summit before? If so, how many times? And what keeps you coming back? So this is actually my first visit. I just started using Forest Boot and I love the platform. So this is my third year and I love it. I generally am here for like personal growth. What would keep me coming back is exactly what I've experienced, which is just like the camaraderie. We're all like, doesn't matter where you're from, we're all having the same challenges, all having the same successes. It's great to just get the feedback from each other. It's exceeding my expectations so far. The diversity of the speakers is fantastic. It's great to get a different balance across not just air business, but diving into other businesses as well. And not just myself, I'll definitely bring other team members. So interestingly enough, I've only been one other time. But what brought me back this year and what will continue to bring me back is I love the amazing presenters and speakers, but more so, I love seeing the forest team. (laughs) And I love hearing about all the new innovative ideas that they're coming up with to help better support not only my team and my salon, but my clients. Are your bags practically packed for Dublin yet? The full agenda has been released and posted on our website. You can expect an international lineup of speakers guaranteed to motivate and help you elevate your salon to the next level. Visit salonownersummit.com forward slash tickets for yours. They are selling out quick, so be fast. Secure them today. And if you're listening to this, but you aren't an owner, you're most definitely invited to, and we can help you get your boss on board. Click the link in the show notes for our letter to your boss template. We'll be looking forward to seeing you join our global community for two days of networking knowledge sharing, and a whole lot of fun. 
Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really makes a difference. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.